At three o'clock in the morning, a woman named Nora Chancel, soon to be lost, woke up from the usual nightmares with the usual shudder and began for the thousandth time to check her perimeter. Darkness. An unknown room in which she dimly made out two objects which could have been chairs, a long table mounted with a mirror, invisible pictures in frames, a spindly, inexplicable machine out of Rube Goldberg, and a low couch covered in striped fabric. Not only was none of this familiar, all of it was wrong. Wherever she was, she was not safe. Nora propped herself up on an elbow and groped for an illicit handgun on permanent loan from a neurosurgeon named Harich, who had rotated back to a world neither one of them could actually remember. She missed Dan Harich, but of that one did not think. Good old Dan Harich had once said, a bullet in the brain is better than a bullet in the belly. Nora's fingers slid across the sheet and rifled beneath pillow after pillow until bumping against the mattress seam at the other end of the bed. She rolled over and sat up, having just heard the sound of distant music. Music? Her own dark shape stared back from the mirror, and the present returned in a series of almost instantaneous recognitions. At home, with her chairs, pictures, striped couch, and her husband's unused Nordic track, Nora Chancel had again murdered the demons of the past by scrambling out of sleep in her bedroom on Crooked Mile Road in Westerholm, Connecticut. A fine little community, according to itself a completely dandy community, thank you, except for one particular present demon who had murdered a number of women. Someday... She hoped someday soon this would end. Her husband had spent hours reassuring her that it would end. As soon as the FBI and the Westerholm police did their job, life would go back to normal, whatever that was. The demon would turn out to be an ordinary-looking man who sold bug zappers at the hardware store, who trimmed hedges and skimmed pools on Mount Avenue, who came to your house on Christmas morning and waved away a tip after fixing your gas burner. He lived with his mother and worked on his car in his spare time. At block parties, he was swell behind the grill. As far as Nora was concerned, half a dozen oversized policemen were welcome to take turns jumping up and down on his ribs until he drowned in his own blood. A woman with a wide, necessarily secret knowledge of demons... She had no illusions about how they should be treated. The music downstairs sounded like a string quartet. Davy was up, trying to fix things by making endless notes on a yellow pad. He would not or could not take the single action which would fix those things that could be fixed. He refused to confront his father. Or maybe he was lying down on the family room sofa, listening to Beethoven and drinking Kimmel, his favorite author's favorite drink. Kimmel smelled like caraway seeds, and Hugo Driver must have reeked of caraway, a fact unmentioned in the biographies. Davy often reeked of caraway on the nights when he climbed late into bed. Last night, it had been two when he made it upstairs. The night before, 3.30. Nora knew the hours because both nights the familiar nightmares had sent her galloping out of sleep in search of an automatic pistol she had dropped into a latrine one blazing June day 23 years before.
The pistol lay rusting at the bottom of what was by now probably a Vietnamese field. Dan Harich had divorced and remarried, events for which Nora considered herself partially responsible, without ever having stirred from Springfield, Massachusetts. He might as well have been rusting beneath a field, too. You couldn't fall in love that way twice. You couldn't do anything the same way twice, except in dreams. Dreams never gave up. Like tigers, they simply lay in wait until fresh meat came along.